Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome back to an adventure in history. I'm Alana Quiello with Providence Seaside Hospital. Here tonight with Mac Burns, Executive Director of the Clatsop County Historical Society. And tonight we have a very intriguing guest and special guest. See, I say special and I say inspirational. Inspirational. Because <laughs> I, I have a, a family connection. I love it. it so. I mean, it like already warms my heart. It, it kind of is piece. amazing. And, and I probably love the most that he... He probably remembers her, but had no idea he made this kind of an impact, which to me is the most beautiful thing that you're just doing your, you you didn't try, you just did your job and you did it with all your heart and you had this kind of an impact. Do you want to do a quick introduction? Hi. Well, thanks, Mac. I appreciate that. It's called Stumbling Your Way Through Education and Teaching. (laughs) Uh, My name is Tom Wilson and I lived here in Astoria for, oh, I think I counted about 43 years. 43 years. Yeah. And, and one of those, we, we, we are debating. My we're daughter, debating. My daughter thinks she had you for the fifth grade. I always thought it was fourth grade. We're going to so have to put you. some money on this, Mac. I think I think, <laughs> I think think Rachel's going to own us. Because oh, oh. uh, <laughs> you both think fourth grade? But I think so. See, yeah, I always I'm sure we'll fourth. hear about it, though. And, and I would have if I hadn't like really chatted with her last night. I would have right. said today, you were her fourth grade teacher. Boy. But then she said, no, it was fifth grade. Oh, interesting. But, but my daughter Rachel is a teacher now, and she credits. And in how large cool part, is that? I know. She credits in large part being inspired by you. You were oh, one what of her a favorite sweetie. teachers. I appreciate and, that. And I'm always fascinated by what the heck were you doing in the fifth grade that inspired this kid to be a teacher? <laughs> he I mean, didn't I get, screw up. I get it. Like as a high school teacher, you know, when you're you're, right? you're a little older and you're trying to decide what do I want to do with my life. But well, that's what that's that does always amaze me is how how these kids can remember. Oh, we did this. I'm going. You remember that? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. That that is just that's wonderful. And that, that and that's why so I cool. said the fact that you didn't yeah. go out of your way to I want to inspire this these this kid yeah. or these kids to be teachers. Yeah. They, you were just doing what you thought was a good job. And Song and dance. It obviously hit her somehow. <laughs> so I love that. I do. Yes. So. And now she's well, she's doing it. What grade does yeah. she teach? She teaches. It's it's. Pre-kindergarten, yeah. it's not preschool, it's, it's sort of the, the Astoria equivalent of Head Start, I yeah. guess. Great. So, yeah, Good. but she's had a classroom now. Where you want to bottle that year. energy and, and sell it if you oh. can. Yes. It's just like, bless your heart, because that is <laughs> an age I could never do. <laughs> at one point, she wanted to be the, the art teacher at the mm-hmm. high school, but then she decided little kids, little problems, rather than bigger kids, big problems. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well but, put. But, yeah. but now I think she's just sticky, because... Little yeah. kids are sticky and messy. Yeah, they are. <laughs> All right, but we, we've got a lot to talk we about because there's lots of things. So let's get to it. So we should get right to it. So these yep. are things that happen tomorrow. Tomorrow. And I don't have a long list because I knew today was going to be a great show. So the these, best one yet? The, it is going to be our best show ever. Yes. Uh, so things that happened on November 14th, 1732. Oh, you went back. I know. And this one's for, for our friend Jimmy, who's no oh. longer at the Astoria Library. Right. But he might be listening off in Buffalo, New York. Uh, so 1732, the first professional librarian in North America is hired. Uh, a guy named Louis Timothy. Okay. Where was it? In Philadelphia. Okay. I didn't do a deep enough dive to see what kind of a library. Right. But 1732 seems late to me. It does. Doesn't but you said professional librarian, though, right? I mean. That's true. So well, libraries were ex- well, in existence. 
That's right. All kinds of qualifiers there. Right. All right. 1792, a uh, little local connection here. Captain George Vancouver is the first Englishman to enter San Francisco Bay. All right. I wonder if he stopped at Alcatraz. <laughs> I always got to say, you, you need to include Alcatraz when you go visit San Francisco. Oh. But he probably didn't. Probably not. He probably saw at least the island. <sighs> All right. Um, 1851, Herman Melville publishes Moby Dick. Oh, fun. Yeah. I haven't read it. Oh. I know. I know. Sorry, I have, Jimmy. I have started that so many times, oh. and, and it just gets set down, and I go on to something else. Because <laughs> it's boring, or because it's just um, unengaging? I or think you? we're just not used to that literature of mm-hmm. reading it that, the, the way it was mm-hmm. written, Okay, I, I think. All right. For me, maybe. Because I'm a kind of I'm a kind of person, I have about three books going at any given time, right. and some will take a lot longer. Like I might have one book in right. my my reading list that I'm reading for like six months, and and two others will come and go three times over, just because I'm like just taking longer yeah. on that one book. Right. And Moby Dick I'd put in that category that that yeah. took me a little longer to read, but okay. Um, but we'll something try. something that didn't take me long to read. 1883, and I find it interesting the same day, um, 1851 and 1883. But 1883, Treasure Island, by Robert Louis Stevenson, is first published as a book. I loved that book as a kid. Oh, yes. I loved it. Now that one I did read. It's short. <laughs> it is short. <laughs> yeah. But I loved all that genre. Right. Swiss Family Robinson, Robinson Crusoe. Goonies. First yeah. book I ever read. First book I can remember reading start to finish. Oh. Was Treasure Island? Treasure Island. Wow. What age do you think? That is a good question. You're just testing me, yeah. Mac. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe fourth-ish? Fifth? fifth? Okay. Because I honestly can't remember yeah. the first yeah, book I, that I would no. have read. Yeah. No, it wasn't a cartoon. I wasn't a real reader, and so that that was my big, my my big wow. I read a book. (laughs) I'm a big (laughs) kid. (laughs) And of course, the the best pirate ever is Long John Silver. Right. I think. All right. You like all the pirates. Although Goonies fans, I really wasn't a pirate fan. Okay. I mean, because I wanted him to lose. Oh. <laughs> I want the alligator to eat Captain Hook. Right, right. <laughs> Coming from the Oregon Museum, his film well, museum, well, I can't, it's his favorite over One-Eyed Willie. Well, that's how I was going to back you off were, say, but I kind of probably right. have to say yeah, One-Eyed Willie somewhere in there if any Goonies fans are listening. Yes, All right, which they our, are, of course. Our uh, history highlight of the day, I think, I think had the most impact on history. 1960, Ruby Bridges desegregates her school. A uh, court order mandating the desegregation of schools comes into effect in New Orleans, Louisiana. Six-year-old Ruby Bridges walks into William France Elementary School accompanied by federal marshals and taunted by angry crowds, instantly becoming a symbol of the civil rights movement, an icon for the cause of racial equality, and a target for racial animosity. And I'm always stunned by those pictures of, mm-hmm. of there and, and the university that were the crowds. I just, I, very I just wonder, you, very 30 powerful. years later, did you look back and think you're a horrible person if you were in that crowd yelling and spitting? I hope so. I do too. Yes. It's a little girl. <laughs> I, I still pick, I can get that visualization yeah. of, of the federal agents escorting her out of the school. A little six-year-old. Can yeah. you imagine? I cannot imagine. Being an adult and yelling and screaming, spitting, and, and just being that hate, hateful. And that was, and when was, was that, 1960? That yeah. was not that long ago. No, no. No. So that was my history holiday the day thing I think had the most impact on history. I love wow. that. So I'll, I will what give I a, a little brag to my daughter's preschool, which was Salmonberry Play School, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. But they read 
the story about Ruby Bridges. Mm-hmm. And then Carly came home and was telling me the story about this little girl named Ruby. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I, you know, like as she's continuing to tell the story, but even at age three and four, mm-hmm. it was very even powerful to her, too, in a positive way. You know, she wasn't angry. She wasn't fearful. She was shocked, mm-hmm. right? Because she did, you know, know that people didn't want her there. And, and here she's thinking, you know, who doesn't want a little girl somewhere? Uh-huh. Right? I mean, so yeah. So even and, at that young age, you know, our educators yeah. are helping, you know, bring some discussions, thoughtful discussions to our kids. And, and that's did, what it's all about. And right? did your daughter think she was brave as well for, for going through that? You know, I don't even remember. I, okay. I'm sure she did. Um, I mean, because she thought she was a sweet girl. I yeah. mean, but because that's the part I can't imagine the the inner oh. you're just the, the fortitude to have this mass of people around you that that hate you, right? And and walking through that every day, that the part is the part to me that's just incredible. And, and right. what what was it about the parents, the the support network that let this little girl and others do this kind of thing. Right. It's, it's just astounding to me. And then I'm sure, you know, once they walked through those doors too, it wasn't amazing either. No. I'm sure it was no. still pretty challenging for those young students. Yeah. And I'm curious, yeah. like what the teachers, were they, were they nice to her? Did they inspire her or were they yeah. angry that so they So Ruby had Bridges has written some books since then. So she has. Well, and how cool yeah. there are now. These, these books for young people like that, of, of these right. amazing people and amazing heroes and spirits and and what they endured and persevered. And written for different levels too, written right? for like, different levels. Right. And, and the illustrations to help inspire yeah. along with the words. This is a great well, transition. Well, I was going to say, well, speaking of inspiring, because yeah. we know at least <laughs> one that you have inspired, and I'm, I'm positive there are others. So how did you come to be in a story? Where did you grow up and, and what made you move here and what be, made you become a teacher? Well, you know, Mac it, it, and Alana, it's it's a strange story. I, I grew up in the Columbia Gorge, the thriving metropolis of Stevenson, Washington, <laughs> right in the heart and yeah. in a beautiful area. And I loved it. Went to school at Central Washington University and I was just this long haired, you know, 1970s, popped into the administration building one day and, and my advisor was in there. He goes, hey, Tom, Astoria's interviewing. I go, well, I didn't sign up. He goes, ah, don't worry about it. So he takes me in and introduces me to the then high school principal and the elementary principal. And so just I just happened to literally pop in that day and and literally, as they say, the rest is history. And so we, had you gone to school to become a teacher? I was. I so was an ele- elementary ins- ed. What inspired that? Um you know that, that that's a big question. And and I'm not sure. I just I just felt it. I didn't have any like, oh, my dreams, my, you know, at, at first I just wanted to go to school at, to uh, play a little basketball and meet girls. <laughs> and my, my second year in college, I did. Okay, my, wife, my wife, Debbie, thankfully, there's another thing, was, was in the library one day and I'm, I was waiting for basketball practice and there she was. So I accomplished both things and, <laughs> and got very focused after that. <laughs> and, and so just we, we were both wanted to go into education and and I thought elementary was just the way to to go I just felt a connection there and were your what were your parents I mean were they my parents or? both were for the school but, but dad was a maintenance transportation supervisor mom was a librarian oh, nice. uh, at the high school um, and I never was a reader and now I, I can't do anything without reading um, I my eyes were bad I just didn't enjoy reading um, sports was the thing and and it changed it, it changed a lot, but um, 
you know, we weren't well off. And so I had to work hard, like, like most, a lot of people, any, everybody, most people, um, you know, to get to school and especially after being married very young. Um, So when you came out to Astoria, did you stay? You stayed? Well, we did. We, we, you know, Astoria in 1978, when I started teaching, I'm going to be honest, it was depressing. And, and coming from an area with four seasons and we, we got, you know, well, I'm going to try three years on, I'm going to try three years, you know, and you just start growing roots or maybe mold. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but maybe mold. both. And, and, and Astoria slowly started progressing. And of course we developed more friendships and, and it just, we just couldn't even think of leaving now. I mean, it just, uh, um, the, the community involvement and, uh, just the, the beauty of Astoria for one, but the community, uh, and the schools. And, and I really fell in love with teaching elementary and which is a blessing because I was thinking junior high and oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> There's thankful. a reason we segregate them into middle school. <laughs> that age group. And, and, um, I love those middle schoolers, but, uh, as far as being day in and day out, fourth and, and, and where was your school? Which and did you spend the entire career? Well, in I was, school? I was, and yeah, which really shocked me. I wasn't the type that just does the same thing over. I spent 26 years at Astor, and that's when they reconfigured the schools. So Lewis and Clark was they they put the fourth and fifth. Uh, well, at that time, fourth, five, six out there. So I moved over to Lewis and Clark and spent my last oh gosh four years out at Lewis and Clark doing fifth grade. And uh, jumping from fourth to fifth grade was, was uh, I wasn't sure about that. And I loved it because fourth gra- or fifth graders started, I, I realized they started getting these stupid jokes that I was, what I was doing, you know. <laughs> fourth graders, you'd see, you'd see a couple of the mature ones sort of giggle, you know. And, mm. and uh, you know, I, I'd move on. And the fifth graders, they started getting it. Mm. <laughs> or d- at least they said they did. Right. <laughs> so Because either one of those, you're teaching all the subjects. To oh speak yeah, of. right. And, and every did, year it increased and increased. And, 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 and did you have a favorite subject? Because I assume well, not one, at, but not I don't at know first, sure. Mac. And that that's that's a that's a great question. Transitioning into into history, I I, I really didn't. I was a math science major. I love science, and and so I love the hands on with science. But you know, um, fourth grade is when you do Northwest history. And Lewis and Clark. So I'd bring the kids out to Fort Classic. And I got started to get to know the... And it was perfect timing for me. It, it was it was um, just... I didn't know a lot, but I started to know a lot of cool people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I started to get into this Lewis and Clark story. And I'm going, this is amazing. And I started more reading, more history. And then just all of a sudden, the history bug just boom. And I was really honored and blessed at that time... Uh, my wife started working out there in the summers and, and eventually took over as a executive director of the Lewis and Clark uh, Park Association. And so we were able to get cool books. <laughs> and, and also at the same time, this is prior to the Lewis and Clark Bicentennial, um, all these famous, the mucky mucks, the filmmakers, the artists, the authors, excuse me, were there. And I'm not shy. <laughs> I just struck up conversations and I started to do more talks mm-hmm. uh, got to know Dr. Gary Moulton the, the um, who re-edited the Lewis and Clark journals the entire Lewis and Clark journals and mm-hmm. did some tours with him and I, and I was just in a, at the same time Lewis and Clark uh, out of Fort Classic 
started doing living history programs. And so I got roped into that and, and started just loving that uh, and became a real history geek, a real history nerd, dressing up and, and uh, in first person and, and uh, started volunteering in the summers. I was still coaching a lot. I'd coached uh, high school volleyball for 26 years, and that was a passion. Mm-hmm. I had little time for anything else besides that and family and, and of course, teaching. Um, but at the end of my career, I just really kind of fell into this at the perfect timing. So I have to ask, because of the Film Museum connection, so you were at Astor when Kindergarten Cop was filmed. There. I was. So I do was. you have any, any rem- memories of that? Were you involved at all? Well, I, I was, and I... I I mean, just as an extra, um, I worked, um, they hired security in the summer because they started filming. And then during the summer, they left a lot of things here and went, went to California, to Hollywood, to, to film a lot of indoor scenes. And so uh, a, a dear friend, I worked with Mark Fick and was during security and goes, hey, Tom, you want to help me out here? And, you know, it was pretty decent pay for a for summer thing and for part-time. So, but I think, I think the, the <laughs> there were some, a lot of good memories. But the first day of filming there at school was the last day of school. <laughs> they asked us to clear our rooms out. Now, you know how excited kids are at the last day at school. Like, let's, right. let's have fun, but let's get out of here, right? So we were to keep the kids quiet. Oh, my our gosh. Our rooms empty. Wow. And, of course, Hollywood, <laughs> they don't know when they're going to start filming. It's gonna, we're gonna, but we're going to have lunch for the kids. Well, that was a big sell for the kids. Well, it ended up to be cold hot dogs and, oh my at gosh. about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So, and, and so finally we were told filming was going to start, but you can't look at Arnold. Don't look at Arnold. So it was that scene where the kids are running out to the buses. That's the last day of school. And the kids are supposed to get on the buses all excited and Arnold walks by. Mm. Yeah. Try to tell kindergarten, first, second, third graders, fourth graders, not to look, don't look at this amazing star. So that, that was, uh, I'm going, there's a real disconnect with these people and, and <laughs> real real life of, of kids. and uh, How funny. Yeah. But it was a fun experience. I, I didn't plan on, I didn't think about this part of your career or else I would have come better prepared for this. But right after we opened the film museum, uh, two retired uh, educators, I think uh, Mrs. Bigby was one of them, but I can't remember for sure, came and said, do you know the deal in letting kindergarten cop film at Astor Elementary? I said, no, you know, I, I'm new to this film thing here. We just started this. And she said part of the deal was that our students got to interview every single cast and crew member on videotape. Do you want these? And handed me two VHS tapes, extended play. So there are 12 hours the, of these was, That was a lot of fun. We had the kids write interview questions. So you, you get all of this, um, a, a lot of different genres. You know, the kids are writing and meeting. The, and and um, the cast was great. That's from, amazing. From, yeah, from 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 Arnold down, but but the supporting cast were, were just phenomenal. They were just so friendly, and so welcoming to that to these kids, you know, um, doing that. Did and, you uh, help a, the kids figure out their questions? I mean, did you participate boy, in that at all? Boy, or? Mac, that was 1980. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we wanted true from the heart questions, and Judy Bigby was so good at just letting the kids be kids. You know, letting them ask these, these just from the heart of a kid, from the mouth of a child, you know, from, a, from an elementary. And uh, I remember them being just really unrehearsed um, to a point. Mm-hmm. We, we sort of polished it up a little bit, if I remember right. Um, and, and I know later on when Goonies came, um, 
we did that as well. And I, I was able to do my own. I, I was able to meet a lot of the parents. Uh, one of my favorite actors, John Aston, Gomez Adams. I was standing down and we were interviewing some. And here comes John Adams, John Aston. And I'm, my jaw just drops. I'm salivating. <laughs> I love this guy. And um, so he, had, he, he came to my classroom once and we were able to interview him. And, <laughs> and you know, a little bit got to know him a little bit. And I was just in awe and, you know. Did they record those? Because I've um, never, never heard of I remember the, 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 ju- there was a picture of my class in the Daily Astorian. I did not record that. And I just, I kicked myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I care. Oh. that was just something that I did in my class. But I, mm-hmm. I think, I believe we have a scrapbook from Goonies too. But I, I could be wrong. But Kindergarten Cop, we cop, we really, we really kicked it. What a neat connection yeah. with yeah, those actors. It was, it was fun. That's it. Good for them. Yeah. Good for the school asking yeah. for that. Well, and yeah. and thank Judy. She just spearheaded that and, and for saving that and really got a lot of slack from like the real Kindergarten Cop. You know, because when a movie came out, and I know you know the story, Mac, it was, you know, it wasn't exactly the f- opening scenes of that, you know, and they were, we were the supposed to bring these. Scenes. It was an angry scene, and we were supposed to bring these young kindergarten, first, oh. second, third graders, and Judy goes, no. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she really spearheaded that and, and did a, a great and that's okay, job. right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't ha- just because it's in a grade school doesn't mean it has yeah. to be for kids, right? It, it, right. It, yeah. The only yeah. disappointment to me is that you know the kids knew about this project and they right. want to see it, but but sure, it is it's, two. It's, not, it's usually it's two years later, though, right. or yeah. a year right. later. Yeah. But those interviews are amazing. We show um, about ten minutes worth in the mo- in the film museum right now, where you can just go and see. And someday we hope to. We've got them all digitized, but we haven't really cataloged them, and we'd yeah. like to be able to search. But they're fascinating, and they they are very charming. The yeah, kids, it's been a while. You've, kids you've are inspired all like 30, me. I'm going to have to go back and, yeah. and see some of those. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we need to get those logged, and we can read them here on an adventure in history. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. There's always two or three that I quote from, but I don't want to waste yes. airtime oh, on fun. that right now. Um, so talk about you have been a reenactor at Lewis & Clark for quite a while, and a lot of people probably know you as... Well, I I portrayed a lot of the characters. I really got into uh, my interest. Really got interested in like who I, beyond the Fab Five, Lewis and Clark, Chicago, York. <laughs> I was honored to help uh, OPB and PBS do a film called Searching for York. Um, but later on, portrayed William Clark in, in a handful of documentaries and, and some things that um, that are out there. That what really was amazing. It what was, is it about living history? that really connects you to the person that's listening to what you're telling? Well, What's you different? know, Alana, I, I think what, what hit me, and I mean like a 10-ton brick, was these people are real. And, and you, you go to history class, you read books, and, and it's a great story and you know what happened, but once you start reading the, the, what, what they did, you get that personalization from it. And you, you start thinking about looking at the decisions that they had made. And, and to me, that's what's exciting about history. Um, when I would go into the classroom and talk about the dog on the expedition, I'd ask second graders, what's history? Of course, they think, I go, history is what you did this morning. It's a decision you made. It's a decision your parents made. And you start looking at the decisions that were made in the Native American communities, in, in westward expansion and these epic stories like the Lewis and Clark story, and sometimes it's just flat out blind luck or divine intervention or whatever you want to call it, but these decisions uh, that were planned and sometimes spontaneous affect us. And I think we really need to look at that hmm. 
And that's that part of history that comes around as we're seeing now. What decisions are gonna affect? And in the moment, it doesn't seem real. Did I get the phrase from you, or if I picked it up somewhere else, that we had more information going to the moon than we did sending Lewis and Clark out out west? Well, I think you know we a lot of Lewis and Clark uh, we Lewis and Clark historians we say that, and I believe that may have come from Stephen Ambrose okay. from Undaunted Courage, and and I remember sitting in the fort with with Ambrose, and you know he he's I think he may have been the one that really came up with that. A lot of people have used that, um, but the moon we had communication, you know, and and these these guys were out there. Um, making these connections and, and life or death literally moment by moment. Um, and, and you compare the, the Lewis and Clark expedition to the Astro Party five, year, five years later. Night Lewis and Clark lost one man due to natural causes. Astor, over 60, yeah. from what Peter Stark, and, and when you read about Astor, over 60 men perished. Astor. That's yeah, amazing. Really? So when you look yeah, at the decisions in planning, in execution, execution, in leadership, and the decisions, oh gosh, gosh, well that sounds fun, but what's it going to do to us? <laughs> what's it going to do to you know? Wow. So decisions. You know. So I've heard you give a number of talks. You gave a talk for our Thursday night talks program once on salt and it was one oh, of yeah. the fascinating things i thought how oh, is this going <laughs> to be interesting but it was salt and it was, yeah. he, he made it amazing how do you make salt but <laughs> well, you did for for an hour you had everybody just eating out of the palm of your hands but one of the things that i thought you explained better than than i've ever heard an explanation and if you don't want to do it in the last few minutes we can we can go to something else but a lot of people talk about the vote oh right and i've always pointed out well i think it's exciting that that York and Sacagawea were asked, mm -hmm. I don't feel like it was an actual vote. Totally agree. And I and always yeah. just use the, the example that they're under the line in the journal. They they ask everybody, but then there's a line, and then what York and Sacagawea. Yeah. But you, you gave another there's example no, of why it was Yeah, there's vote. no mention of vote. In the journals, there's only one vote. And that just... To have a commanding officer, not sure what to do, and have the... I'm not a veteran, but every tour I do, I always ask the veterans, how many times have you voted in the military? And, you know, they, all I get is, an, is a giggle. I, I think it's a better idea of how amazing these leaders were and how much trust they had in, in every member. The John Thompsons that nobody heard about, Chicago at York. They've tr they've, they trust this. Why did they bring them? They trust them. They, they trust their life. In this decision, of course, a, an amazing commanding officer is going to get the input. But to call it a vote signifies it's a democratic. And any, any veterans out there, you know that the military cannot and should not be a democratic. Oh, yeah, guys, I'm not sure what to do. Let's vote on this. Yes. And you did get Won't a laugh work. at the talk that I heard you say that <laughs> when you said, oh, maybe you're in the military. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. But, but I actually, I, 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 that makes so much sense to me. And it, it, to me, makes it more impactful that it wasn't just a vote that they actually went and talked right and got right. an opinion they, they got the input the and that's what the journals say opinion or solicitations as william clark writes um to you know they want to make sure they make the right decision for their people for jefferson for their country but but for their survival how fascinating 
So wrapping it up, um, what's next? What's what's next for you? Are you going to stay here? Do you just, um, oh, what do you envision? Uh, absolutely. We'll be staying here. And right now we're just enjoying our grandkids. And I was doing a lot of tours from the boats that come in, Lewis and Clark tours. Uh, some medical things have kind of toned me down from that. Um, but we'll see. Right now I'm just really enjoying the grandkids and going to their sporting things and activities. And we have an almost four-year-old now that, that we watch once in a while or our oldest daughter and her husband live here, so. It's only going to yeah, get busier. Just, yeah. So we'll see. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Oh, We're so glad so you much, joined Mac us. And thanks so much. You directed Mac's daughter into a fulfilling career. Yeah. And I hope. Hi, Rachel. I, <laughs> she will be listening to this one. She, they, they often don't, my family, because they hear enough of me. Right. But, but yeah, she will She will definitely be listening to this one because she, she was excited to hear. Um, but she could call you anytime. You're around. You're on Facebook. So um, go make some history. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.